welcome back and happy holidays. It is, uh, we're, we're just a few days away from, from Christmas, but the, it is absolutely holiday season. Um, whether you, whether no doubt, uh, just, yeah, just venture out in your car right. and you'll know that the holidays are upon us. Yeah. And, so. and, of, and of course, as is, as has been the case for the last few years, at least, um, the weather here in Central Florida hasn't decided what it wants to do quite yet. So it goes from being very cold one day uh, to being very hot the next day. All right. Um, we used to have a thing up north. You say, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Um, and that, it feels like that. And you got to stick your head out the door in the morning yes. to see whether you wear a coat or a T-shirt that day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but today we're going to talk about um, what we've talked about the stress and, and, and all that accompanies the, the holidays anyways. Right. But today we're going to talk a, a little bit more about that because, you know, over the last few years, uh, things have become pretty challenging um, overall. And, and then, uh, of course, you add on top of that the, the, the pandemic that's happening for us this year and, uh, and, and, and times are all the more challenging. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today and, and really focus on some strategies and some ways to hopefully adjust your or tweak your thinking just a little bit to, to help you get through these times. Right. Yeah. In the past, past holiday seasons, we, you and I have done a number of podcasts and written columns in the paper about, you know, managing the stress of the typical holiday season. And it, we talked about, you know, don't go into debt. And um, if you don't want to go to those get togethers, those family or, or friend get togethers, don't go to them or right. go to them for a short period of time. And all of that holiday advice seems almost quaint this year given the given the seriousness of the pandemic all that stuff seems uh, a little quaint a little you know like roman uh, norman rockwell painting you know uh, yeah. that uh, you know we used to worry about that stuff <laughs> like with, whether you go to a party or not and this year with the pandemic mm -hmm. um as they say we have much bigger fish to fry right. much more serious considerations um we've talked about the statistics in there again as as we were warned throughout the year, especially in the late summer and early fall, right. um, infection rates are going up, deaths are going up. So, you know, that's exactly what we were told would happen is that right. this was going to be a very challenging holiday season and that we have to be extra careful and all that. But here we are in the holiday season and we have much to think about. Right. And as we reflect on the end of this um, we've run out of adjectives to describe 2020. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Um, so we won't even we won't even try to top any of that. But um, so with the holidays upon us, we sort of spend this time of the year uh, thinking about what we've been through and what we want to plan for next year. One of the things we know we're going to plan for next year is getting a vaccine. Hopefully, everybody will get vaccinated, and um, and we're going to be living with masks and social distancing into the new year okay right. so so we're gonna we're gonna fill off 20 so so we know a little bit what 2021 is going to look like and um it's a good time of year to sort of take stock and as we took stock we discovered a couple of shocking uh sets of research data right. um and we thought well that's a bit morose a bit discouraging how do we get out of this you know so so we know we're in this dilemma this despair um, and we, we need to look for ways to get out of it. And that's what we're gonna talk about today is that yes, times are really tough, but um, there is hope on the horizon. Absolutely. And, and part of the, 
the morose or part of the challenging things that we discovered in, in looking back at uh, some of the research and, and information is, is this, this idea or experience, this phenomenon of, um, uh, of what they call diseases of despair um, mm -hmm. and how the rate of these diseases of despair have skyrocketed um, right. over the past few years. Right. Um, and, and when we talk about diseases of despair, we're talking about things like alcohol, uh, alcoholism, substance abuse, um, right. suicidal ideation for attempts. And um, so often these things are related to, think, to, to issues associated with anxiety and depression and all of that. But um, over the past, at least over the past decade, but certainly over the past few years, right. the prevalence rate of, of these um, diseases of despair have uh, significantly increased. Um, and in fact, we haven't seen this type of increase since the late 19 teens, the 19, like 1917, 19 Yeah, the early, yeah, 120 years ago. I mean, it's the, we haven't seen this stuff for over 100 years. Right. You know, these kind of data, um, has, it was shocking to me to, to find these data. And, and I'm glad somebody's put them together, you know. But when you're talking about the period, and we all remember it, we're talking about the period from 2009 to 2018, and right. remember 2008 was the was the uh, the big recession, almost depression, when the bottom fell on the American economy. And so, what researchers are doing is they're looking at what are, what are the morbidity and mortality rates from 2009 to the present. So we've collected data up to 20, 2018, and um and and they say these are called diseases of despair. People are you know alcohol use, substance abuse. Um, suicide rates, and life expectancy. Um, alcohol dependence increased 37% during this period. Substance abuse, 94%. But the most shocking to me were the suicide rates. Absolutely. 87%. In, in, in kids, you in know, kids, up, right. up to age 17. And, you know, we've been through this. I think every community has experienced increased suicide rates among youth. Right. Uh, we have in our small town. Um, we've experienced uh, an increase in, um, in uh, suicides and suicide ideation in this younger than 17 group. And even in 18 to 34, there's been a 200% increase, 21% increase. These are alarming numbers. Right. Um, even more discouraging was the life expectancy right. rate. You know, who would have guessed? From 2015 to 2017, life expectancy actually went down. And that's the largest sustained decline. Now, normally you expect life expectancy to increase every year. That's what typically we expect. Um, this is the longest, the largest sustained decline since the 1915 to 1918. Right. Um, and, and when you think of what healthcare is now compared, I mean, in those years, people died of infectious diseases. Well, we've conquered infectious disease, or most infectious diseases. We know how to deal with stuff. Uh, the 28 and the 1918 Spanish flu. Right. Uh, yeah, there was no virus. Uh, there was no vaccine for that. And with this with this virus, which is just almost as not quite, it's not nearly as deadly as the 1918 flu. But in, in a few months, we developed a vaccine. For, right. we, can, we can start to, to inoculate people against it. We didn't have that in 1918. So when you think about the advances in healthcare, you would assume that the life expectancy would continue to rise. In fact, it's gone down. Right, and that's and that's the, the, the surprising aspect is that as even though we've had such advances in medicine and you know 
technology to keep people alive longer. Um, yeah, that with the life expectancy declining, that's that's an incredible statistic. Right, right. And of course, as you might imagine, yeah. these these um, diseases affect the lower levels, uh, the lower SES, uh, lower levels of education. Um, we've lost many of the social uh, net safety nets that we've had. Mm -hmm. uh, wages have done, you know, we talk about the demise of the middle class and the loss of jobs and the reduction in family incomes. Um, those economic statistics have been floating around for a couple of years now that, that real wages are going down and people are struggling economically, um, especially in the, in the lower middle and lower um, economic um, levels of society. So the poor and the almost poor have been differentially affected by these diseases of despair. Absolutely. And, okay. and, the, and the real challenge is that, you know, and, and again, the reason that we're bringing this up today is because while this is the, the backdrop of life right now, um, here we are in the holidays, which is another time that, you know, we think of Christmas and in the winter holidays as this time of joy and time of celebration. Um, yet for many, this is a time of depression, a time of despair. And um, I always think about the, um, remember the, the movie Scrooged with um, Bill Murray. And, um, you know, he goes out and he, he finds, you know, everybody's having these parties and everything like that. And he goes out and, you know, forgetting about like the homeless people and, and the people who don't have all of these things and aren't celebrating in the same way as um, what we see. Um, and, and, and so this is a, a really difficult time for many, many people. Right. Yeah, it really is. And, and one of the things, you know, we talk about, we know that many people really struggle at this time of the year. You know, we talk about suicides increasing and all these other statistics that we have. Um, but the holidays, the, these, these winter time holidays present a special challenge. And we talk about depression during the holidays, but it really is a real, it's a biological reality that it helps us to understand if we take a, a, a little closer look at it. And one of the things, one of the questions we ask is, is this depression real? Is, is, right. do, does depression really increase? during the holiday season. Right. Well, as a matter of fact, it does, but it does because the holidays happen to fall in the winter. Right. And the winter, um, and that's important because of something called um, seasonal affective disorder mm -hmm. with, with a seasonal pattern. Right. What that means is what happens from the winter solstice, which incidentally, is the 21st of December. Okay. And this year we're going to have something, in case you haven't heard, we're going to have something called the Christmas star. And okay. it hasn't happened for 400 years. So if you want to see something that hasn't happened since the 1600s, um, you may want to look at the south, go someplace dark, like a field, and look in the southwest sometime uh, around December 21st, and you'll see the the confluence of Saturn and Neptune, I believe, two planets. And as those two planets come together, they produce what looks like a very bright star because they're, they're kind of overlapping in space. And so um, that's the winter solstice, that's December 21st. It's the fewest hours of daylight 
in the year. Right. And the problem with winter is this reduced hours of daylight because limited exposure to natural light impairs our body's rhythm and chemical balance, okay? And that's a biological issue that just happens in the wintertime, right. okay? But the second issue, besides the biological, is what you say, that people have unrealistic expectations of what the holiday should look like. You know, we compare ourselves to others. We look at others' houses. We look at others' holidays and we see all these pictures and it looks like everybody else is having a wonderful right. holiday season and we're the only ones who aren't, okay? Um, yeah. And we set these expectations for, right. okay, I wanna do this or I want, I need to buy that or I need mm -hmm. to, you know, to really show this person how much I appreciate them or whatever. And I have to spend all this money or I have to do these grand gestures to, right. to show that. And we focus on this time of year to, to, to present that. And we, we, we dig ourselves and, and put ourselves in a hole uh, many times because uh, we just set these expectations so high. Right, yeah, we, we here are the holidays and now we're really gonna be able to celebrate, okay? Everything, we're gonna really be happy and we're gonna get together, we're gonna, we're gonna celebrate. And for most of us, that really doesn't happen. And, and in fact, holidays can be a very stressful time as we try to enjoy them so much, you know, that we spend too much money and we stop exercising and we eat too much and we drink too much and it doesn't turn out anywhere near what we expected. Yeah. And the holidays are also a time that we think about getting together with friends and family. It's, it, it's just associated with social gatherings and we all know about that this year. The problem is many of us have lost loved ones yeah. uh, during this past year. We, we, uh, we lose loved ones every year. And here you enter a time of the year where you want to get together with loved ones and many of those loved ones are gone. And when they're gone, it triggers all those feelings of grief and loss. So, so you manage these. I mean, we have probably all lost loved ones mm -hmm. in 2020. Um, and so it triggers uh, grief and loss. And so at a time when, we, when, you, when you want to be celebrating, in fact, you're bringing up all these um, um, difficult feelings of grief and loss, which have to be managed, okay? So, so we have, first of all, diseases of despair, and then the pandemic, and now the holidays. And I, I've been starting to call 2020, we call it the year of the pandemic. I call it the year of the angry. Yeah. Um, there, was a, there was an anger. Um, it was partly the election, partly the pandemic. Um, a number of social issues arose. Um, it just felt like an angry, angry, angry year. Um, and and um, and so what do we what do we do? Uh, here we are with the holidays, and we have all this despair. And so wait a minute, let's slow this thing down. What do we do? Well, what we learned um, as we as we searched for how do we get out of this dilemma? Mm -hmm. What we learned is that being kind makes us feel better. Yeah. So in the year of the angry, suddenly there's this little. Uh, crocus, this little flower that pops up out of the cold earth mm -hmm. and says, being kind makes us feel better. Right. And it led us into a, 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 um, a collection of research that we don't typically delve into. Right. Um, I, I, you know, you and I talked about this the other day that right. there was that study you mentioned, a, um, it was a rat study, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a fascinating rat study um, where they were 
they were looking at the way in which rats play with one another. Right. And um, rats enjoy rough and tumble play. They, they like to wrestle around with each other. And what they found is that you can take two adolescent rats and um, one could be substantially larger than the other. Um, and they will, they will rough and tumble. And clearly the big, bigger rat can win, can out muscle the, the smaller rat and will, will pin him down to the ground and, and, and all with, with their play. But the fascinating thing is, is that as they watch these rats play this way, every once in a while, the bigger rat will allow the smaller rat to win. Um, and, it, and the way that the researchers interpreted this is that this is that kindness and generosity. It's like, um, I, don't, I want to play with you. And I know that if I, play, if I win every time we play, you won't want to play with me anymore. And so I appreciate you enough to let you win sometimes so that you will keep coming back and playing with me. And, and, and it's a real interesting study to think about when we look at some of these social issues and some of these um, relational concerns um, and how we interact with other people. You know, we, we are made, if we, you know, we, we think of, we oftentimes use rats as sort of a, a, um, a, a broken down version of the way that we function neurologically. Um, and if we, if we see that in rest, then we, we can believe that we have that same capacity, we have that same tendency. Right. And if, if that's the case, we have that same desire, that same innate drive to right. be kind to others and to appreciate the feelings and perspectives of others um, right. because we want that engagement, we want that interaction. Um, and so we will do what we need to do to maintain those interactions and to, to keep others um, happy with us and interested in us. Right. Yeah, and so so we we found this uh, research on one of the articles is called the science of generosity. I mean, of course, this has been studied. Um, this was an article published uh, here in December, December fifteenth, and it's based on the work of a Stanford psychologist by the name of uh, Jamil Zaki, and he's an expert in empathy, mm -hmm. and um, it, and he told us, and, and we know this because we live in a hurricane zone, that during disasters, people uh, become kinder, that right. there's more empathy. Uh, we see it with hurricanes, we see it in the Midwest with tornadoes, right. uh, we see it in California with floods, um, that people become kinder. They're not just less cruel, they're actually much kinder. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, she, the, the author talks about, for the majority of, the majority of Americans have worn masks, Yeah. Okay? They have stayed at home. They've um, they've given up social interactions and the normal patterns of living. Uh, we were in a store. We happened to be in a store yesterday. There were probably twenty people in different places, and only a, there was one mother and one daughter who didn't have a mask. And you can say, "Well, I'm going to get angry about that," but no, everybody else in the store had a mask. Okay. Right. So most Americans are doing this, um, but many people are not. And we're still struggling with the pandemic. Um, but he, this, art, this writer said that there are many reasons why the United States is still struggling with this, um, with uh, rising infection rates. Um, but he said one of them is that um, there's some consensus that part of our problem with the pandemic is a lack of empathy, right. okay? that we haven't been willing to, 
make a person enough of a personal sacrifice mm -hmm. to get this pandemic under control. Other countries have, you know, Germany last week shut down. My brother lives in Germany. Germany shut down last week. Right. The UK has shut down. I mean, these are lockdowns. These are telling people don't go out at all. Um, and we're still we're still battling. We're still having this struggle in our country. Mm -hmm. So so um, why bring this up now? Why bring this idea of where's the altruism now? Well, because this this holiday season right. is the time uh, for gifting. This is when right. people give things to others and give presents and give gifts. Um, and and so the question of why do we do this? Why why do we give um, gifts? Why mm -hmm. why do we do this? And the conclusion is that we are an altruistic species. Mm -hmm. That biologically. Uh, we became social and being social had some adaptive value. Sure. And so the, the species Homo sapien flourished, whereas other species like Neanderthals became extinct. And the difference was, is that Homo sapiens were more social. Yeah. Being, I think you see that in the, one of the ways we can also say that it's uh, biological is that we see it in children. Yes. even before they've been taught um, mm -hmm. how to be social in those ways. You know, um, when, when you have a, a small child, if you cry, the child will cry with you, um, or they'll come to comfort you and, and to try to soothe you. At a very young age. And we're talking about two and three-year-olds. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, while at the same time, they, they may be angry and get upset with you and say no and all those kinds of things, um, you know, as soon as you become upset about something, they, they show that level of empathy and um, the desire to comfort and to connect in, in, in really pure um, ways. So we see it from the beginning. Right, so there's, there's this adaptive um, sort of, and, and, and what we know now, but taking this idea that um, we are a social species and we know that, my goodness, if we weren't sure of it before this year, Right. We certainly learned it this year where, where we're told to stay isolated and not associate. It rankles all of us because we have this, we have this desire to, to be with other people, to be social. And with that comes this, um, that, that, um, that it makes us feel better mm -hmm. to be altruistic, to give to other people. And what the research suggests on the, uh, there's, there's been brain research that's been done in this field and when you are altruistic, when you're giving things to others, you actually activate the brain's reward system. It's like winning, winning a lottery ticket or um, eating wonderful food that, that you've been looking forward to. So being altruistic activates the brain's reward system. And curiously, giving, both getting gifts and giving gifts activate the same reward system. So right. whether you're getting or giving. So um, getting and giving activates the brain's reward system. Mm -hmm. The problem with the pandemic and, is that you don't get to see the benefits of your altruism. Right. You, the, the, you, you sacrifice and you give things up. I mean, the fact that I can't eat in a particular restaurant, that I can't hug people, that I can't be around other people, um, there's no obvious reward for that. It, 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 right. uh, it's, there's no apparent reward. 
okay? No one is thanking us for our sacrifices, but perhaps we should. Um, if, if we don't feel like we're doing good, then what we're left with is resentment, frustration. Um, it sort of, it sort of depletes our resources and that whatever we're doing um, isn't making a difference. But in fact, it is. And what I like about the way this author ends this uh, post is that she says, but I will say thank you. <laughs> say thank you for all those people who wear masks, for every time you stayed at home, for every time you put another person's health ahead of yours. Um, there's, a, there's a value in that. And you can debate all you want. You know, this debate about whether we should wear masks is still raging right. in our country. I mean, the, the evidence is overwhelming that it helps, okay? Um, but we're still saying, well, it's my right not to wear a mask and it's my right to do this. Nobody's debating that. But as, a, as part of the species, you also are social and it also makes you feel good to do the right thing. Right. So, so despite your right not to, mm -hmm. there is also a part of you that if this was a hurricane, you'd be chipping in. You'd be bringing water. You'd be sharing your electricity. You'd be helping people clean their yards and, and recover from the devastation, okay? That's all we're talking about here, is right. let's, let's be altruistic. Let's use this holiday season to, um, to thank those who are making those sacrifices. And, um, you know, the woman at the checkout counter and the guy cleaning the bathrooms and, you know, all these people who have to go to work every day. Uh, let's not forget about them. Um, and, and this is a good time of year. To, um, to remember those sorts of things, okay? So let's stop fighting about whether I have the right not to wear a mask. That's no longer the issue. Right. Yeah, and, and you know, and as we think about this sense of altruism, you know, it, it's like you said, you know, it, not only is it good for our reward system, it makes us feel good, um, but it's good for our health. Um, we know that um, just like exercise is good for our health and so many of these other things are, you know, uh, good for our health. Being kind to others, contributing to the well-being of others, and that, altru that overall altruistic perspective is really good for our, um, our for our immune system. It's good for our our, our physical health, not only, not just our psychological health. Yeah, I was astonished in in this reading this article um, because you and I have talked so many times about how exercise and nutrition and um, stress and stress management all reduce inflammation and to be very careful about. Well, here we are with being <laughs> simply being kind uh, does all has all of these health benefits. Right. And this this article begins with a wonderful story. My hero, I don't know her, of course, Betty Lowe. I love like the home improvement place, Lowe's. She's 106, um, just a couple years older than I am. And um, you have to make some every week is like. That I think she graduated from high school the year before you did. <laughs> but we went to the we went to the prom together. Um, she's yeah, we double dated. She's 106. She still volunteers one day a week at a hospital in Manchester. At the uh, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. You're a, you're a football fan. Uh, the other football, right? Is Greater Manchester different from Manchester? Well, I think it's just talking about the Greater Manchester area. Greater Manchester area. Okay, I thought about because I thought of Man U. Yeah. And you as a football team, right? Yeah, we won't talk about that. Okay. So anyway, she's 106 years old. 
she still volunteers one day a week. And they said, why do you do that? Why, why are you still doing this? She's because it keeps me healthy. She's yeah. being here because she volunteered through her 80s, 90s, into her hundreds. She was going to the hospital a couple of days a week. And when we say volunteering, she wasn't sitting behind a desk. She was washing dishes and yeah. cleaning up after people. She was 100, 102 years old and she's still washing dishes and helping out in the cafeteria. And why do you do this? Because it makes me feel better. It keeps me, she said, it keeps me healthy. Right. And so these uh, researchers uh, took a look at this Mm -hmm. and found all of the health benefits of volunteering, of being altruistic. We, we talk about being altruistic, of giving to others. And that um, formal uh, volunteering and donating money, random acts of kindness, all of the things that we do for others mm -hmm. has been associated with a lower risk of early, 24% lower risk of early death. It has the same, we talk about effect size in, in statistics, it has the same effect of eating six or more servings of fruits and vegetables a day. So we, we talk about your diet and nutrition. Here's something that has just as big an effect on, um, on your health as uh, eating the proper foods. It's also been, and, and it's, all these acts of kindness are also associated with lower blood glucose, lower risk of inflammation and 38% and fewer hospital stays. So clearly, uh, no matter how we look at this, we see the health benefits of, um, of being kind to others. Right. Um, the last thing they did, they did, there was a study in Canada and they took high school students mm -hmm. and they had one group of students who tutored younger students for two, uh, two months. And they had a second group who said, well, we have enough right now, so we're gonna put you on the wait list. Mm -hmm. So uh, one group tutored for two months, one group didn't. Yeah. And when they looked at the uh, results later, they found lower cholesterol levels and lower inflammatory markers. There's um, um, some blood chemicals that we'll mm -hmm. talk about later. Um, they were all lower in these kids who just spent two months tutoring, right? So fighting inflation, Lowering cholesterol, cholesterol, of course, is related to heart disease and stroke. Mm -hmm. So all of the uh, diseases that we typically associate with stress, all those markers were reduced in the kids who, in the high school students who tutored for two months. Yeah, absolutely. And in this, in this, in this last article, they go through, th there's a number of, um, uh, of studies and, and things that they've looked at whether it's you know simple acts of kindness and how it relates to inflammation and heart disease and all, and um, you know how donating, um, th there is one um, about donating blood is is better than having your blood drawn. That was the most fat. I have that. Ju I just sat and looked at that for several minutes because yeah. to just to, you have to repeat what you just said. There is less pain right. associated with giving blood than if blood is drawn for uh, medical reasons. Yeah, so, so donating your blood, even though it's exactly the same process, donating your blood right. is associated with less pain than having blood drawn for other reasons. Right, somebody's sticking a needle in your arm. Yeah. Okay. Same size needle, mm -hmm. same veins, everything's the same, right. but people report lower pain when you're giving blood. Right. So, no matter how we look at this, you know, whether it's 
uh, response to pain, uh, grandparents who babysit grandchildren on a regular basis. Um, it's, it's, it has the same effect as regular exercise. Okay, right. there's a 37% lower mortality risk. That's the same lowering that regular exercise gives you. Yeah. Um, spending money on others <laughs> leads to better hearing. Who would have done that study? You know, right. somebody, somebody, I mean, lower, better hearing if you give money to others. So um, improve sleep, lower blood pressure. Uh, almost no matter what uh, researchers looked at, they saw the beneficial effects of, um, of acts of kindness. Right, absolutely. And, and, and this is, you know, volunteering, donating, um, just supporting and being kind to others. Um, you know, whether it's less stress, decreased inflammation, lower mortality rates, um, the list, better hearing, the, the list goes on and on. And, um, and so, again, we kind of get back to, you know, at this time, when over the past decade or so, that those diseases of despair have continued to increase in prevalence, and they are overwhelming, um, especially this year, because of all of the other uh, stressors and influential factors from the pandemic to the social, right. to the to political, all of these things happening. Um, perhaps one simple, um, easy, natural way to, to cope with a lot of this is to become a bit more empathetic, to become a bit more altruistic, to, to give, even if it's just a little bit of time, right. to give to others um, that may help address and reverse some of these issues that, we're, that we've been accumulating over the past year. That's right. If you're, and, and that, that's what struck me about all of these things, that if you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with sadness, if you're struggling with anxiety, man, there's pretty overwhelming evidence that being kind to others, being altruistic um, is going to make you feel better. Um, whether you, I mean, I think you'll feel better immediately. I mean, that's what people report with these pain studies is that it's an immediate, it's an immediate effect that you can feel. Um, if you want to feel better, and, and we, we know it's challenging during the pandemic, but get out and do something for others. Even if you do it online, it's gonna, it's gonna make you feel better. But look for ways to, um, uh, to be kind to others. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the first six months of uh, 2020, and again, these are interesting numbers, Britain's donated uh, more than a billion dollars, uh, a billion dollars more to charities than they did in um, in the same period in 2019. Right. Okay. So so there it was during this pandemic that it, it starts to bring this out in people. Mm -hmm. um, half of Americans checked on their elderly neighbors. We do this during other catastrophes, you know, hurricanes and, and tornadoes and things. Um, and in Germany, um, they did. Uh, some statistics in February of 2020, 41% of Germans said they were going to care about anybody else. In the summer, in the early summer, 19%. So it's a drop by, by 50%. Right. Um, so so the, the pandemic is, is uh, it, like, like other um, disasters, like other catastrophes, it's beginning to bring out the best in people. Right. And so during this holiday season, rather than um, focusing on what you don't have, what you don't have, what you're missing. Maybe that, maybe it, what we would recommend is that you reach out in some way 
Um, it doesn't have to be money. It could be time. Um, and it could be um, um, time spent with others or uh, volunteering at some uh, someplace where, you, where they need extra help. Or, you know, all the food banks are low on food this year. Okay. If you have extra food in your house, I'm beginning to feel like Bill Murray and Scrooge, you know, at the end of the movie, he talks about what you can yeah. do. And I think that, that if you replay that movie, if you have the opportunity and you get to the end of it, um, this is probably a good year to do the very kinds of things that he's talking about. Absolutely. So as we get into this, this week and then the final week of 2020, um, you know, find some ways to, to give a little. Um, Find some ways to um, to be that naturally altruistic person that, that we're born to be, that we are biologically predispositioned to be, and, um, and and reap the benefits from it. I mean, you know, they say that you know, true altruism means that you're doing this for no personal benefit. Well, there's always going to be a personal benefit. Um, and and you get, you get the little rat demonstrated that. You get the little rat to play with you a little bit longer. That's right. You know, <laughs> you know, Bert, if, if you have dogs, anybody out there who has two dogs, um, if you have a large dog and a small dog, you'll see the same thing. They'll do the, they'll do the My little dog used to, the big dog would let the little dog win once in a while yeah. for exactly the same reason. Right. Know? That's why older siblings let their younger siblings win in uh, Candyland occasionally, mm -hmm. because otherwise the little one's not going to play anymore. Yeah. Okay. Never so, yeah. Rather than and 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 in the year in the year of the angry, if you find yourself being angry, um, and many people still remain angry, they're they're angry about the vaccine, they're angry about the pandemic, they're angry about the election. If you feel yourself um, getting angry like that, which is also a cause of inflammation, right? Okay, um, if you feel that anger, um, we would also recommend to you that you figure out some way to be kind to somebody. It can be, a, it can be anybody, it can be your children, it can be a neighbor, it can be anybody. Um, substitute altruism, substitute generosity, substitute kindness for your anger, and you may see your anger dissipate and uh, go down a little bit, which would be a good thing to do during the holiday season. Absolutely, and it would be a great thing to do, not just for the holiday season, but in preparation for the new year and as we're, you know, looking with with hopeful eyes into, you know, 2021 um, right. to come there. So that's right. It's not. It's it's going to be another. You know, it's not going to get a lot easier in 2021. So prepare yourself and um, and but but keep this uh, idea in mind that being kind um, is is going to help you in every way. Absolutely. So okay. all right. Well, that is it for today. Until next time. Stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.